welcome to Beautiful Possibility, the creative process journal of Jillian Jacob Kieser. That's me. I created this for all stuck, hopeful, and aspiring creatives everywhere. You are not alone. The truth is, perfectionism grabbed me sometime in adolescence and halted my creative journey for many years. Today, my desire to create is stronger than my fear. So I created this podcast as my day-to-day account of getting unstuck and into motion. In this audio journal, I'll take you along on my process of unblocking and relearning how to find joy, courage, and fulfillment in creating. I always say the only place to start is exactly where you are. So let's begin. Hi, loves. Today I want to talk about something we don't often talk about, but has been really, really key in this part of my growth journey. And that's anger. When I say anger, what does that make you think of? Someone raging out of control or maybe road rage, (laughs) throwing things. I think a lot of us consider anger like a, quote, bad emotion, something we want to avoid, something that other people do, something that evolved people who are in control don't touch and don't deal with. It's only now at this current age I am in my late 30s. It's only now that I'm realizing that I was never really taught how to be angry. In fact, I was very much encouraged not to ever be angry. And that came from the outside as well as the inside. I considered anger, you know, an attractive emotion, an unpleasant emotion, an emotion that felt out of control. And I very much wanted to be in control. And on top of that, I never saw examples of anger being embraced, anger being constructive. I don't know about you, but in my home, anger always got transmuted into some other emotion. Most often sort of like a passive aggressive, you know, freeze out or someone's angry at you, but they're going to turn it into ignoring you or conditional love or something like that. And so if we think of the spectrum of human emotions as, you know, this rainbow with all these different colors in it. Mine was missing red, you know, like it was missing a really key component of all the different feelings. I've been working on this a lot in my inner work in therapy, and I found this book called Rage Becomes Her, uh, which I'll link in the show notes. And in that book, the author talks a lot about the culturation of people who are cultured and brought up as girls and women and how anger is not an acceptable emotion in our culture. We raise our boys to express anger. We're pleased with them when they are angry. You know, we think they're expressing themselves. It's really healthy. Boys will be boys. They're just doing what comes naturally. And for girls, the places that we leave our girls to express emotions, there's a lot of room for sadness and very little room for anger. And so what that means is that we're training our girls to transmute anger into sadness. Now, both of these are what we'd call 
quote unquote negative emotions, but there's a key difference. Sadness is an emotion that you feel when you don't like something and feel you have no control over it. So you turn that feeling inward and you're just going to hold on to it. And there's a sorrow there because you're sort of defeated and powerless. Anger is when you don't like what's happening and you feel some sense of power to change it, even if it's a, a tiny power potential. It just means that you feel you have some agency, some support, some social capital with which to change the thing that doesn't seem right to you. Right. If you think about both emotions, they're both the feeling of a boundary being crossed. Something unjust being done either to us or to someone else in our world. And with sadness, we're basically saying there's nothing you can do about it. So just hold on to that. Put it inside you and wrap it up and put it away. And with anger, there is room for that boundary violation to turn into positive action. To say I've seen an injustice or I've experienced an injustice and I'm going to do something about it. As a kid, that might be, you know, I'm going to hit you or I'm going to call the teacher. Or I'm going to knock over your tower, whatever it's going to be. I'm going to go kick and I'm going to scream. And as an adult, it might be pulling in power in some other way. It might be speaking against authority, it might be activism. It might be writing a strongly worded letter to the editor, whatever your thing is. It might, it might be going home and screaming into a pillow, doing kickboxing, and then going to assemble a group to go work on something. There's lots we can do. But when we've trained ourselves to turn every negative emotion into sadness, it's like a, a, it's like a thousand tributaries all running into one river, right? There's only one way. We become accustomed to inaction, this is what happened to me. I'd love to hear if this resonates for you. I became very, very accustomed to taking everything that happened to me that was disappointing, wasn't what I wanted, and turning it on myself and saying, you know, what could I have done differently in that situation? Or how could I think about this differently so that I'm not so upset? And while that was a brilliant defense mechanism that I developed as a child when I actually did have no control over what was happening in my environment, I was able to live in this very extensive inner world where I could change things that I had control over, namely my future actions and what was going on inside my brain. But that brilliant defense mechanism as a child outgrows its usefulness as an adult when I step into what really is my power and I have agency in the world, but I'm not using it. I'm not using it because I've built this very strong, very deeply ingrained habit to be sad when I feel a boundary has been crossed instead of doing something about it. Does this all make sense? Are y'all following me? Is it resonating? The point I want to make is that anger is one of those colors of your real basic eight crayon Crayola box. And without it, we're imbalanced. And so one of the things I'm working on this year 
is reclaiming anger. And by that, I don't mean becoming a raging bitch, although (laughs) some of you out there may disagree. That's fine. (laughs) But just the small, radical act of noticing a boundary has been crossed and not making it about me instantaneously. Do you know what I'm saying? Finding a gap, finding a small pause between something happened that made me feel bad and just that habitual next step of like, I'm just going to feel bad and be sad and wonder what I did. Instead, feeling bad and saying, hey, this person has wronged me. And it doesn't even mean that they were intentional about it, right? It's it's not a it's not a blame game. It's just an assertion that there is that there is a boundary and that not everything bad that happens to me means I have no control over it and it's just a cause for grief. So what this looks like in practice is starting to a like I said notice. Notice when I feel bad, like feel scrunched up when my stomach's in a knot. And use that as a signal to go into my brain and say, what just happened? Why am I feeling this way? Who crossed me? Who or what or what institution or what system or what accident or whatever? But someone crossed me and that's why I'm feeling this way. And to not instantaneously blame myself, but just to look out and say, okay, I have a right, I have a human right to to have been crossed, if that makes sense. It's not always me on me. And if something bad happens, it's, it's my fault, right? Sometimes other people do things to us for, you know, sometimes malicious reasons, but sometimes by accident or just sometimes there's miscommunications or sometimes people aren't paying attention or whatever. Everyone's got their own thing going on. But for example, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday and I was in a really sensitive space when I went in there and I felt like the doctor's bedside manner was so dismissive to me. I felt so unseen. And in some previous time of my life, I would have turned that inward and berated myself in the car in the parking lot to say, you need to be stronger She's not there to care for you. You have to stick up for yourself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this time I left, I went in my car and I screamed. And I just took that, you know, the fork in the road, like the the freeway where it splits. Like I just took that other road. And it's such a subtle distinction, but to channel that energy that was pent up inside me into anger at this person who I don't think is a bad person. You know, like I don't, it's fine. It's, I forgive her, but just to be able to channel that in a way that wasn't at myself, berating myself felt really good. It felt really good. I want to point out that there's probably two specs, two sides of the spectrum here. One are people who are probably always blaming others for their problems and not looking inward. 
I don't think any of them are listeners to this podcast. I just, I instinctually don't think that. I think most of us are on this other side where we're extremely introspective and very sensitive, always looking for places where we are potentially at fault, where we could have done better, where we might not understand people the way that we understand ourselves. And so for people like us, starting to embrace some of that anger is moving us towards balance. It's moving us back in the right direction towards that equilibrium where we have the ability to be sad, but we also know how to be angry when we've been crossed and when we want to do something about it. So it doesn't just sit inside us forever and fester. The last thing I want to say is if this resonates with you, if you're anger curious <laughs> and if you're working on boundaries anger is just the bedfellow of learning boundaries you can't start asserting boundaries until you tap into that wellspring of anger inside you anger is in a reaction it's an instinctual emotional reaction that tells you your boundary has been crossed so boundary work and anger work, beautiful, beautiful bedfellows. They're the two dancing emojis holding hands wearing leotards, right? <laughs> so the thing about starting to learn how to be angry, if you've never done it before, which I really feel like I had never done it before, is that you're going to start at, at baby stage. I have a toddler. I have a two-year-old at home. And when she gets angry, she flips. And when I get angry, I feel like I'm no further along than she is. And that's because that's true. I haven't been practicing anger for 38 years. I've been practicing it for maybe three months, right? So I'm just on starting out on the path as well. And if this is new for you, know that it's going to come out in fits and bursts and it'll be awkward and it'll be probably pretty unattractive and it'll feel chaotic, do you know what I mean? It's going to feel it's going to feel chaotic and all over the place and out of control, but that doesn't mean it'll feel that way forever. I want you to know that you're practicing a new skill, the same as riding a bike, the same as anything else. And so for me working on anger has felt really chaotic and not scary in that I think I'm going to do anything really bad, but scary in that it's a new feeling. It's like being on stage and singing for the first time. Like I'm finding a voice that I didn't realize was in there. And I'm giving myself grace to be awkward about it. <laughs> the same as with any new skill. And to just pay attention, be gentle to myself while I'm learning this skill and feel into it. And with enough experience and enough practice, I will find the flow of anger for myself. And if you're on this path too, I wish you the same grace with yourself to communicate to those around you, to give it a try, to be gentle when it doesn't go your way, when you overstep, when you try something and it doesn't work. Know that you're finding your footing. You're on the way. <sighs> All right. I hope this has been helpful, interesting. 
Shoot me a DM if you want to talk more about this or anything else that we talk about on the show. I would love to hear from you. And join us over on Instagram, beautiful underscore possibility. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for walking this creative path with me. I'm so grateful to be learning with you. If you like the show, I'd love for you to share it with a fellow creative. And please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. For more day-to-day support and inspiration, join our creative community on Instagram at beautiful underscore possibility. The show is hosted by me, Jillian Jacob Kieser, and edited by Abby Circatella. The theme music is from Candelion. Until next time, just keep going.